Uh, so a couple days ago, we had the new moon in Aquarius. Uh, that was on Friday. Yeah, sat Friday. It was like Friday around five o'clock, and this week, Mars and Venus will move into Aquarius. So. Our Aquarius parts of our chart are really lighting up. And I was thinking about how Aquarius being the sign of the collective. What do we really mean by that? We, I feel like we say that a lot in our astrological explanation of things. Like we're like, oh, Aquarius, the sign of the collective. Um, you know, what Aquarius really shows us a lot of the times is a zoomed out perspective of things. So Aquarius is maybe the opposite of a magnifying glass, right? Or um, a microscope. Aquarius shows us the big picture. Now, Sagittarius shows us the big picture too, but Sagittarius has more of like a philosophical big picture vibe. Whereas Aquarius is kind of about zooming out on the structures of our lives and seeing the structures from a bird's eye view. And I often think about that phrase, bird's eye view, when it comes to Aquarius. And also a lot of people think Aquarius is a water sign because the symbol relates to the water bearer, but Aquarius is actually an air sign. Um, and just Aquarius having that air element intact, we know something is going on with the kind of intellectual side of the sign. There's something about the sign that's probing at how we're looking at things, how we're seeing things. If we were to literally, it sounds weird, but just like metaphorically, we're going to get in a helicopter or a plane or a hot air balloon and zoom up and we can see our lives from this zoomed out perspective, um, that is what Aquarius teaches us, right? And that's also why I think sometimes when we criticize Aquarians, we're like, oh, they're not emotional. <laughs> they're not, whatever, they're cold-hearted. Um, I don't think that at all. I think, in a way, because Aquarians, they are the, the sign of the bird's eye view, they're learning in this lifetime to maybe open up their hearts to the, the details, right? And to not always be zoomed out. But I think there's something about the Aquarius new moon last Friday and this week with Mars and Venus moving into Aquarius where we will be almost taken, let's say, in the hot air balloon and we're like being led up to see something from a much greater perspective, right? Um, I actually did this this week, um, I was having just like, you know, a little, your standard mentee B, you know, your, st <laughs> your standard, uh, uh, you know, I'm feeling stuck kind of moment. 
And as you guys know, I, um, well, most of you know, I live in Chicago, uh, specifically the Logan Square neighborhood. And um, we have this like elevated walkway called the 606. And it, yeah, it's literally an elevated walkway. It like takes you over the busy streets and um, it's kind of like, a, I guess, like it's like this cut, cut through road for pedestrians and bike riders so you don't have to go on the busy streets right so i literally it's weird i um i hadn't gone to take a walk on the 606 like this entire time of living in logan just because i didn't i didn't know where to get on it um it's weird it's like you have to kind of find the right place to like walk up and just in this past like two weeks uh with the Aquarius energy getting heavier and heavier, I am like, all right, I need to go on this walkway. Like, I need a new walking path. Um, part of my New Year's resolution, not resolution, but I, I like to do, I like to get close to 10K steps a day, which I've been told is a very white cult, white person culture <laughs> kind of thing to do. But, um, Anyways, so whatever, guys, this is the point. So my, um, I'm going on the 606 and I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect because sometimes when I'm stuck on something or when I'm, um, you know, not seeing the correct or when I don't have clarity, okay, Something I do is I try to recreate the, um, I try to recreate the thought pattern in nature in some way and see if that can help me through the stuckness. So I think I've talked about this before, but if I feel like I'm on like a cyclical thought pattern, I will literally choose a circle to walk in and I'll walk that circle like four or five times until I feel like I've gotten a better understanding of the cycle itself, you know? Um, or in this case, it wasn't so much a thought cycle that I was stuck in, but it was more of a, just like I can't get clarity or I like can't get perspective. And I was thinking, how how can I recreate that in nature, uh, this, this journey of gaining perspective? And I just thought, oh, like, gaining perspective in nature is walking up a hill. Or for me in, in Logan, it's walking up to the 606, the elevated walkway. For you, if you are lucky enough to live in, like, a mountainous area for you it could be like a short hike uh and uh it became this uh meditative meditative walk where I was able to just go up and get elevated physically and it helped me and it has been helping me to do that every day just gaining that perspective or at least bringing myself in the position of gaining perspective. Like, 
literally because I can see higher. I can see from higher up, but also I'm almost mimicking the energy of perspective and clarity. And what's really funny is like after like a week, this past week of doing that, um, I had like a really big moment of clarity. Um, and that's sort of what happens, I think, when Aquarius is very heavy in the sky. Just last Friday, we had our Aquarius new moon. This upcoming week, I think it's Tuesday. It's Monday. Tuesday, Mars moves into Aquarius. Friday, Venus moves into Aquarius. So that's easy to remember. Tuesday is Mars Day. So Mars moves into Aquarius on Tuesday. Venus is Venus, or Friday is Venus Day. So on Venus Day, Venus moves into Aquarius. So by Friday, we will have five planets in Aquarius. The Sun, Mercury, Mars, Pluto, Venus. Um, so we could say, like, we're gaining more and more perspective. We're zooming out. We're getting in that hot air balloon and seeing our life from a necessary perspective. Um, I was also, um, there's a couple things that were coming through this week. Uh, I have the vulture card here, um, and I want to talk about the vulture animal spirit. But first, I'll share this story that came through. Um, most of you know I work part-time at an acupuncture clinic, and we also have massage therapists who work there, right? So I actually feel lucky that I get to work with so many body workers, because even though I'm a Reiki practitioner, I would say most of the healing I facilitate is more astrology, tarot, intellectual, intuitive, right? So it's it's kind of nice to work with a lot of body workers. You get their perspective on things, right? So I was talking to one of our, our body workers, and he was saying that something he's been doing lately in his body work sessions is while he's like putting, like while he's working on people, um, he's also, he also is saying things like, oh yeah, I feel like that could change. Or, ooh, okay, yeah, that shoulder pain, uh, big capacity to change. Yeah, that knee, that knee pain, we'll get that to change. Like he, he constantly is saying he's using the word change while, um, while he's working on people. And he was saying he's not he notices a difference. Like literally, he feels the session is more. Um, I don't want to say productive, but he notices the body literally does change more when the mind gets on board that the change is happening. And I was like, oh my god, that's so genius! Like that's that's so cool! Like to think that, um, change, there's like this mind, I mean, it sounds obvious, but that mind body connection with change. 
And then I realized I was like, oh my God, that's like a, a synchronicity to this week because it's something I've been doing in a different way, right? Like my story about how I needed perspective. I needed to gain perspective, gain clarity. So I started walking up. I started walking higher into elevated places so I could physically gain that clarity and perspective and then maybe have that mental shift as well. And it worked. And um, I was thinking too, because there's this gift in Aquarian energy, when it comes to gaining perspective. Yeah, Parmesan's an Aquarius. Yes, he is. Um, so uh, when it comes to gaining perspective, um, this is an interesting thing, but um, maybe I'll just have us all take a deep breath together uh, because it sounds weird. It uh, sounds like a not not a very helpful <laughs> not a very helpful thing to maybe center on. But trust me in this. Um, I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to think about. Um, I want you to think about what feels potentially the most unchangeable thing in your life right now. Like just feeling into that for a second. What's the most, what feels the most unchangeable does it feel like it's your, your job, your, um, your relationship world, a habit, part of your health? It could be anything. Just centering that. Um, on that for just a second. And um, while you're centering in on that, my friends, I want you to just take this moment in time right now. And uh, with all these Aquarian planets supporting you in this moment, can you just believe for a second that the thing you just thought of, the thing that you believe is the most unchangeable thing, um, can you believe it has the power to change? And um, I think that's sort of what this week is about in a lot of ways. This uh, new perspective we might have 
on an old issue that we gave up on, right? <laughs> or like an old thing that we just decided, eh, there's never going to be clarity on this. Mm. This thing is never going to change. Um, this week, it's kind of giving us some hope that that very thing, change is still possible, okay? Um, I'm also thinking about how in modern astrology, Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. And what's funny right now about Uranus is Uranus is squaring all of these Aquarius placements in the sky right now because Uranus is in Taurus. Does that not, does that not add up to change? <laughs> you know, there's nothing like a Uranus square that makes us think of powerful change. And something I'm thinking of, especially in the story of that body worker, is that, again, it sounds cheesy, but there's something about it having to happen in our mind first. Like, we have to believe something is changeable in order for it to start to shift. But if we believe something is impossible... Um, then that very paradigm will keep it stuck, right? Um, I'm even thinking about, like, I, I was thinking about this whole thing this week, and I was like, hmm, like, what do I believe is not changeable about my own life, right? And I was like, hmm, like, I don't know if I consciously think oh, like, oh, man, like, that'll never change. Like, I'm not that kind of person. I mean, I have Jupiter and Sagittarius, so I'm, I, I like change, right? So there's not many things that consciously <laughs> I'm like, oh, couldn't, couldn't change. Like, it's all good. Me and change are friends. But this week, I was like, oh, my God, I think there's, like, this belief when it comes to my relationships, like my romantic relationship realm, I think there's some beliefs there that things won't change. Um, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's like repetition of <laughs> repetition of the same relationship patterns over and over again, or if like relationship wounds tend to make us feel defeated because relationship wounds sometimes relate back to our parental wounds and you know that can be really hard but I was thinking you know I actually think subconsciously I'm I'm not completely believing that things could shift and change um that I, I'm not completely believing that maybe, you know, there could be a time when I feel super regulated and super secure in the relationship realm, right? And I just, for a second this week, 
I let myself believe that that could change in my favor. And just by letting myself believe that that could change, it became more plausible. And that might be another thing that this Aquarius heavy week is showing us when it comes to perspective. Um, we might be getting a perspective on something. We didn't even know we were a stick in the mud on that certain topic. <laughs> right? Like we didn't, we didn't even consciously think that, you know, we, we uh, weren't available to change in that department. But there might be something about this week where we're like, oh, hang on. Hang on a second. I've been having a little bit of a defeatist attitude about that, right? Or I haven't believed in in change. I was um I was hearing someone talk the other day about their uh fear of flying. And um I, it was just something I was like overhearing. And this isn't me diminishing their fear of flying like i i too have fought a lot of transportation fears so in a lot of ways i empathize but they were saying like oh like it's not really the fear of flying it's uh i'm claustrophobic and i'm afraid of like crowds and the idea of being on a plane and blah 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 it makes me feel claustrophobic and and also i've um I earlier in my life I've been a lot of places like I've been out of the country so like it, they were essentially talking themselves into um not not wanting to overcome the fear and also being okay with it and being like okay like I don't like this fear, I don't need to conquer it. I can just, like, die and continue to be afraid of this flying thing and not really see any of the world or get on a plane for the rest of my life, right? And I felt judgment come up. <laughs> uh, maybe some of you feel a judgment coming up as I'm talking about this, or maybe, um, I don't know, or maybe some of you relate to what this person was saying that I overheard. I don't know. But I was, I felt this judgment. I was like, how could you not want to overcome a fear? Like, how could you want to, how could you just agree to live your life, um, in agreement with this fear? Uh, and that was my initial judgment, right? But then I thought about it more and I was like, no, like that's kind of a projection because I think we all at some point have agreed with our fear. And to agree with your fear is to agree that it can't be changed, right? And the agreement that it can't be changed is what keeps us stuck, right? <laughs> um, and I think we've all done that. 
at some point, whether that's consciously or subconsciously. So, you know, the next couple weeks, like right now as we speak, we've got Mercury approaching the square to Uranus. Then we'll have Mars in a couple weeks square Uranus. And then we'll have Venus square Uranus in a couple weeks as well. That for me is adding up to something, right? Um, And one thing I'll mention too, if you've had a year ahead reading with me, which by the way, still available for some year ahead reading bookings in February. Um, I've been thinking about the Uranus, the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in Taurus, which happens this year on April 20th. If that is symbolic of a moment of expansive change, perhaps expansive material and physical change, well... What needs to happen right now mentally? Uh, What needs to happen (laughs) belief-wise right now in order for that expansive change to actually happen, you know? So I think that's one of the reasons why this week is presenting us with this question. What do I believe is unchangeable? And is that really true? Something else um, I was thinking is, uh, you know, the untethered artist class that Sarah and I did at the end of 2023, it made such a big impact on me. And... Even though, yeah, I was the teacher, I was one of the teachers, it it made a huge, so made a huge impact on me. Um, And I was thinking about how one thing I also had locked myself into with the unchangeability of it all was writing. Um, There was a time, really, seriously, like from 20, 2018 until literally now. So what? how many years is that? Like five or six years? Uh, I was like, I hate poetry. I hate writing. I'll never write again. I hate it. <laughs> it obviously, coming from a place of wounding, I had a lot of like academic, creative writing, writer's workshop, uh, wounding, I guess. And, um, just recently, it was really after that class, that wound started to change where I started to feel like I could be a writer and writer again. And it's coming right on time because I do feel like I'm getting the idea for a book. Um, and I met with my friend's the other day about like just talking to them about putting together a book proposal and they said something like blah 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 and you as a first-time author you would blah 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 
And it just like, I was like, wait, what? And I didn't say this out loud, but in my head, I was like, oh, I've never thought of myself as having that potential to have that first time author kind of thing. And in that moment, I changed again, right? Like my belief changed again. I had gone from this is completely unchangeable. I hate writing. I hate poetry. I'll never write again. To maybe I'm a writer. To okay, I'm a writer. To okay, I kind of want to write a book. To okay, I could be a first time author. It felt like something so unchangeable started to melt. Keep an eye out for that <laughs> this week. Okay. And I think this is why we pulled the vulture. Um, the vulture. I want to read what Kim Kranz. What Kim Kranz says about the vulture. Because I like her explanations. I'm reading. If you're listening on the podcast and not watching. I'm reading from the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit Guidebook. Okay, so the vulture, um, the guardian and the purifier, essential for rebalance. The vulture is perhaps the most misunderstood creature of them all. Uh, This intriguing bird balances our ecosystem and prevents the spread of disease. It does the dirty work that no one else wants to do and cleans up our messes. The vulture appears when there is a situation that needs to be purified or brought back into balance. Remember, the vulture is greatly undervalued. What you thought was a mistake or tragedy is a blessing in disguise. And then it says, uh, when out of balance or when in balance, uh, the vulture clarifies and reveals wisdom. When out of balance, the vulture is dramatic and aggressive. And to bring back into balance, you need to clean your space and cleanse, energetically cleanse your space. Um, Parm, what are you doing? What are you doing? You crazy? Come here. Come here, your fans want to see you. He's such a... He's a little, uh, what's, what's the word? A ham. He's a ham. Um, are you a ham, Parmy? He's a ham. Yeah, he's a ham. Uh, that is crazy, Casey, that you had, (laughs) that you had a dream about a vulture. Uh, that's like a weird synchronicity. Parm? It's an Aquarius. He was born on February 20th, 20, <laughs> 2021, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, he's an Aquarius. But he also is a very 
loving Aquarius. So I think he might have like a Pisces moon or something. I don't know. He's very clingy. Uh, he likes to be, as you can see, he likes to be, all right, Parm, you're, you're out of control. All right, you sit down. Uh, so yeah, he likes to be the center of attention. <laughs> he is a star. Um, yeah, what do you guys get from the vulture? For me, that idea that the vulture, um, flies up and, circles the prey you know like have you ever seen a vulture fly i don't think i've ever seen like this kind of vulture but back when i went to college in indiana there were these weird uh turkey vulture things that would i think were <laughs> that were um native to the state of the great state of indiana and you'd literally be afraid of them. Like, you'd be like, oh my god, these fucking turkey vultures. They're gonna swarm me uh, on your way to class. I guess that's what happens when you go to college in a cornfield. But, you know, I, this kind of vulture, um, there's something about, yeah, the way they, they spot their prey and they circle... Oh, that's a good point, Corey. You're saying they don't technically have prey. They circle what has already died. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Do you see this thing? Do you see this? Um, so in Mother of the Night, you said the vulture reminds me of the eighth house. Totally. Totally. Uh, and that makes sense because... Um, the eighth house is a lot of, um, is the planet of change or the house of change, right? And it's the house where we think is the most unchangeable, but it's our job to change it. <laughs> uh, and Elizabeth, you said eating the dead and allows for decomposition. There's a little bit of like a composting effect here um so i think as cheesy as it sounds the purification of our belief system the purification of what we believe to be unchangeable what if you were to take take an elevated walk climb up a hill climb up a mountain go up a flight of stairs um, while having like this sort of meditative spirit about, is this really the thing that is completely unchangeable? You might discover no. Even if it's something like, I don't know, like, even if it's something that really is like a chapter that's closed like that person or that thing is is not going to be in your life again you might discover the narrative you have around that thing or that person can change right um and Corey, you said the vulture does the cleanup work that we don't want to do yeah yeah um it's 
That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the part where um, I was reading, too, that the vulture can digest, like, potentially dangerous bacteria or, like, things that the average animal can't digest. Uh, And... If you think about it, like most animals, when they see something dead, or if we see something, you know, like a dead rat on the side of the road or something, our instinct is to like jump away from it, right? Um, Except Parmesan, because he did put a dead rat in his mouth uh, the other day while we were on a walk, and that was not very good of you. No, it wasn't. Uh, But most of the time... Our instinct is to, like, jump away from the dead thing, probably because somewhere deep down we're like, we're like, oh, it could be diseased or it's like, it could be harmful to us in in some way. Okay, part, 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 part. Um, so, (laughs) you're not supposed to be on the couch, but, uh, Corey, you said the vulture is a toxicity filter. Yeah. See, it's a good one. And, you know, one more thing that's come through. This is, um, this is interesting, but sometimes I do remember that, um, one time in a reading, I remember this for some reason. This was like a long time ago. This was in maybe the first year of me doing professional tarot readings i remember i pulled the vulture for someone and the message that came through was that she was circling the dead right or like she was she was in this thought pattern where she was cycling through what was dead and um needed to somehow like move on from that Um, and in that case, it was almost like there was confusion. I think it might've been like a breakup situation or something. It was sort of like, oh, like, are we ever going to get back together? What if he changes? It was that kind of reading, right? And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, boyfriend (laughs) that needed the changing like we didn't need to believe that the boyfriend was going to change like that wasn't the problem it was almost like what was changeable about that situation was her narrative about it and I think sometimes that can be the vulture spirit the vulture points out to us what is dead and what is changeable and we and the wisdom to know the difference kind of like the serenity prayer kind of thing yeah like i honestly yeah the serenity prayer kind of feels very vulture-ish um yeah freya you we all need to harness our inner parmesan for sure he's uh he's out of control um (laughs) I'll have to take him at it on his afternoon walk soon. Um, but 
that's the that's the tea for this week, my friends. Uh, and I'm excited as we further meditate on what we thought to be unchangeable, how it could actually change. I'm excited to see what kind of things start to come into our uh, our perspective. Um, and what kind of things start to just shift because our belief around them is shifting. Yeah, that's right, Parmy. Let's pull some animal cards, shall we? Uh, if you are wanting some advice for the week ahead or advice about a certain situation, comment below. I would love to pull you a card. Uh, like I said, my uh, books are open this month for year ahead readings. If you're still on the market for a year ahead reading and uh, also my spring class schedule is dropping soon. So thank you all for continuing to reach out about like astrology class and uh, all of my other things that I usually do. Um, things are coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. If you're not on my newsletter, join my newsletter. You'll be the first to know about any class any class that's dropping. Okay. Um, uh, Elizabeth, you said you are a Venus and Mars and Aquarius. You would love a card that speaks to it. Yeah. Cause it's your, um, it's your Venus return and your Mars return soon. So actually two animals came out, the beaver and the spider. Um, this makes me feel like during your Venus and Mars return, it's important to uh, connect with, like, connect with the people or collaborate with, I'm just getting this collaboration with the people that are on the path of your, of your Dharma. Um, so if there's people you've been meaning to reach out to, if there's a group you've been meaning to form, if there's something that has to do with a group or network that you have been thinking about spearheading or just making those connections and talking to people about their ideas and, and what they think is possible for your community, um, even interviewing the community members about what they need, like things like that, I think are going to be really bountiful during the Venus and Mars return. Okay. Amy, you said, can I please have a card? I lost my, my love in a motorcycle accident this week. I'm devastated. Everything I knew about spirituality is being challenged. You're feeling so much pain. Amy, I am so sorry. That is absolutely devastating. And um, I think it's completely um, understandable that 
that would be the the feeling, right? Um, when we feel so overwhelmed with grief and especially when it comes as such a shock, it sounds like, I could see how it's really hard to maybe connect with that part of, yeah, yourself. Um, let's do this, Amy. Um, I'm going to pull a card. Anything that can be maybe a... Um, Anything that can be a focus or just of aid to Amy this week. The turtle. Um, so this makes me feel, and it actually the turtle came out in reverse. Uh, you know, I think there's this, there's, especially when grief comes as shock, you know, we don't feel safe. And we're in a trauma response, right? And I think oftentimes the trauma response leads us into like a fight or flight, a fight or flight or freeze state, or even like a hiding state. And I'm getting that it's important for you to protect yourself and give yourself the space that you need. But I also am getting, be very careful of isolation during this time. Um, there are a lot of people who do want to support and help you. And I know that it feels like it's something that you want to maybe push away at this moment. And at the same time, if someone offers you help, um, uh, try your best to challenge yourself to accept that, um, like, if someone says, can I bring you food for dinner tomorrow night? You know, part of you might want to say no, but just say yes. Or if someone says, if you need any help, don't hesitate to reach out. That's actually a hard thing to say to a grieving person because half the time when you're in grief, you don't really know what you even need, right? But if there is anything that you can tangibly name to them that you need... Even if it's, hey, can you go to the grocery store for me? I don't really want to go out in public right now. Here's my list. Um, ask for that. That's what I'm getting, Amy. And I'm sending you a big hug, and I'm so sorry. Um, Alexandra, you said I would love a card for my birthday week. Yay. Ooh, Alexandra, the tiger. Um, I think this is a really beautiful energy for your birthday. The tiger is this sort of intuitive goddess. Uh, but we sometimes relate intuition with water. But what's funny about the tiger is this is an animal of fire. So I'm getting that your intuition strengthens as your fire element strengthens. What does it mean to strengthen your fire element? Um, fire is about moving and taking action and even like sweating and, uh, and being spontaneous, being adventurous, 
Um, so I think the more fire element you allow into your space, it almost is as, as is as if your intuition, um, your intuition also becomes stronger. Lauren, you said I would love a card to help harness the vulture energy. Yeah, like what's the secondary, um, the secondary animal? Uh, and you got the panther. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, this feels very much like your Aries moon. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, when it comes to the vulture energy, I actually think there is a lot of clarity for you about, like, it almost feels like the new chapter has begun. Like, you are in the new chapter. And uh, now you're working on letting yourself be, like, happy and free and joyful in the new chapter. And uh, when it comes to what is changeable, I think now what you're learning to lean into is how, um, like, it almost feels like you're learning to lean into, like, saying yes to things. And you're learning to lean into um, maybe even, like, taking a risk or going on an adventure or embracing a challenge. But these aren't the same kind of challenges you've been through the past couple years because those challenges were more tumultuous. Like, these seem more, like, fun challenges. Like, I'm going to go on a date or I'm going to try out salsa dancing or, like, um, it's time for, like, a fun risk. <laughs> like, that's, how, that's what I'm getting from this card. Um, Corey, so I love a card for the week, please. Yeah. Ah, oh, Corey, you got the butterfly. Yeah. Um, I love it. It actually kind of feels in a weird way. It is coming through that you've been in the cocoon for a while and the cocoon can be a painful place to be in because it's, you know, we're, we're, uh, in the state of this almost like mush, <laughs> um, like this liquid, uh, sludge that, uh, you know, we're then somehow in some miraculous way, we start to break out of the cocoon. Right. And I feel like right now it, it feels like you're coming out of the cocoon and you're really finally having the energy to shift. Um, and that's really exciting. So don't, give up on the potential of things right now. Um, Ellis, you said, how can I embrace pleasure and creativity? The snake and the dragonfly. Yeah. Um, I think it actually relates to Ellis, like what inspires you um, and what inspires you will have the effect of making you feel more creative and open to pleasure. So um, what inspires you? Well, uh, it's funny. My word of the year is inspire. Uh, so like 
I, I don't know. For me, I know, like, walking around an art gallery feels inspiring. I know reading, uh, reading feels inspiring. Uh, walking outside feels inspiring sometimes. Uh, like, how can you practice getting in the mode of at least being open to inspiration? That's kind of the question that I feel like is coming through right now. Noelle, you said, hey, Mal, I would appreciate an animal card. So many changes and shifts right now. I'm in need of grounding and ease. Okay, totally. Let's see here. Noelle, the otter. Ah, I like the otter. Um, the otter is a very playful, um, is a very playful, childlike animal, um, and I'm wondering, Noel, like, I'm not, I'm sure some of these changes are stressful and uh, are anxiety inducing, but is there any way to make some of these changes feel more fun or more adventurous or just more joyful? Um, like, the one thing I'm thinking of, and this might not be part of your change, but like moving. I mean, who likes to move? No one. It's a pain in the batuti. But if we can do anything in that process to make it more fun, um, it just decreases our suffering, right? So like, why not at least try to make something a little bit more lighthearted? That's usually the otter's message. Um, Allie, you said I would love a card from Spirit. I'm feeling a bit muddled. Allie, um, the elephant. Uh, I'm getting... It's okay to rest, and it's actually okay to take a little bit of a break, but also know that um, it feels like part of the reason you're muddled is comes to, or it feels like a belief in your own capability is something that's to the, coming to the table. Because sometimes we feel muddled when we're like, ooh, can I really do this? Can I really take this next step? Can I really manage that? Can I really do what I want to do? Could I really, like, you know, it's a little bit of like, I have to believe, come to the belief that I am capable of the next thing. And sometimes we're tired and sometimes we just feel exhausted from the last thing, right? So if you need a rest, rest, but also know that the moment to believe in your own capabilities is coming soon. Yeah, Amy, I'm, I'm, if anybody on which church is still here and listening, um, uh, you can join me in just sending Amy a collective, a collective prayer. Um, Frey, you said I would love an animal card for the creative inspiration. For creative inspiration. Ooh, okay. 
Um, Frey, you got the cobra and the rabbit. Okay. I actually think in a weird way, um, your fears are part of the equation when it comes to inspiration. Uh, because the rabbit does rule over our fear stories. And sometimes the rabbit rules over um, how we can be our own worst enemy and our own, um, like, sort of, we can sabotage our own plans, right? Because of our own fears. And I wonder what would happen if... Uh, you just invited those fears to the table and even included them in your project in some way. And, you know, the Cobra coming through, I feel like there's such a huge moment of transformation and empowerment in doing that. And even if the fear is like, oh my God, what if I make something and no one likes it? Um, or it, it feels like the fears are a lot are very much rooted in the what ifs and the cobra is almost like no like it's not even about the end of the project it's about the transformation that you go on while you create this thing that's the most important part of it all um so i'm excited Frey. that'll be good my friends um Thanks so much for joining me for another Witch Church. It means a lot to me that um, we can both, we can all share, you know, our highs and also our lows in this space. So thank you for helping me create this space. And, um, and yeah, let me know if anybody... Um, anybody needs some space holding you know where to find me and uh have a wonderful venus and mars ingress into aquarius and we'll talk again soon